Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. It is October the 20th. I'm going to say it. Thank God the election's over in two weeks. Thank goodness. Boy, that is exhausting and weird across the board. It is, and I will be happy when there's no longer a a contemplative issue in people's minds anymore, and that we can go... New topic. uh, Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, that's, of course, assuming the uh, asteroid uh, that's supposed to hit the day before the election doesn't actually hit. But anyway, we digress. Hey, welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and we want to, as always, acknowledge and thank all of you in the 54 different countries now that are listening to this podcast. This is the number one listened to daily podcast uh, for real estate agents in the United States. And because the fact that the podcast is now expanding internationally, we are setting our ambitions to have this be the number one listened to daily podcast. This specifically targeted to real estate professionals, coaching and training primarily, and talking about the occasional bizarre topic just to keep you guys entertained. Uh, we're going to make that our global ambition. So Julie, I didn't talk with you about that yeah. uh, beforehand. Is that good? That's fine with me. Okay, it's good. good. So that, that means you have to write another 14 different books, oh, yeah, yeah. Harris Rules, and all these different languages. You ready for that? I know. Let's hit the translate button. <laughs> exactly. It's okay. So Julie's topic today, she had the idea that we should answer some listener questions because we are getting, we look for these patterns, right? Um, you know, our primary interest and mission in life is helping you guys be, uh, frankly, help as many people as you can, obviously earn great livings, have lots of profit, have wonderful lives, the whole thing. And uh, we look for patterns in the questions that we get, not just from podcast listeners, but also patterns of the questions we get from uh, Premier Coaching members, our, our coaching program. And when we start seeing the same question come up again and again and again, we feel compelled to answer it on the podcast because then obviously we can help as many people as possible at the same time. So Julie wrote down, Julie's uh, obviously the head of coaching for our organization. So she wrote down some of the top questions that she's been getting or that our coaches have been receiving. And we're going to go through them, I think maybe two or three of those top questions today. Just a big one today, and then we'll do more. We're going to drill down on one you're hearing all the time. Okay, good. All right. Yes, and I encourage you guys, do email what you're dealing with. If you're Premier Coaching members, of course, we're talking about it in the live coaching class every day. But you can certainly email us, julie at timandjulieharris.com or tim at timandjulieharris.com. Everything's spelled normally, no dots or dashes. Uh, So this is from a Premier Coaching member, Mary Ann Foreman. So if any of you have referrals headed to Annapolis, Maryland, Marianne will do a great job taking care of you. Her last name is F-O-R-E-M-A-N. She writes, Julie, how do I address sellers who have used their homes as an ATM machine, removing almost all equity, who now want to sell higher than the market value? And she gives some examples of $200,000 appraised value. Uh, Who wants to be $35,000 higher than that, for example? And on top of that, has a $225 a month HOA that a buyer has to qualify for. So not only are they wanting the buyer to pay more, but also we have to make sure that that same buyer can qualify. Whether that's a, a you know, 200,000 that wants to be at 235 or whether that's a million that wants to be a million 250, the question is the same. This does come up quite a bit. How do you deal with the seller who's used their home as an ATM? Well, what does that even mean? It means that 
even in a hot seller's market where most of your sellers have equity and they're walking away with a nice fat check at closing, probably spending that buying with you. We do have these instances where people have refinanced themselves basically up to the limit of what their house is currently worth. Now, how do you deal with it? it uh, well, the, It's worth noting yeah. that happens in any kind of market, guys, True. not just a hot seller's market. And I know you're going to get to the meat and the potatoes yeah. of it, but really the first thing that hopefully I didn't re- look at your notes, but the first thing was basically qualifying them for motivation, right? Was oh, that your first point? Motivation. Oh, Are they a have boy. to sell or a want to sell? How about I just shut up and let you talk? It's okay. We can have a discussion about it. It's just that you read my mind. We've been through this before. Yes. Uh, but to your point, yes, this can happen in any kind of market. Hot seller's market, buyer's market, balanced market, doesn't matter. The point is the same, that you have a seller who is saying that they want to sell, and we'll talk about motivation in a second, but they really don't have that much equity. And I, I also see this comes up where it's a past client of yours, maybe. And agents feel guilty about this. Like it was their fault that the person refinanced up. So drill down on what you just said, though. Have to sell versus want to sell. So those are critical differences. Now, here's the crazy part of this is normally we would tell you to be weary of the want to sells because they're obviously going to have, you know, not motivated. They're not going to condition the house. They might not allow showings. They might be uncooperative. They might have unrealistic expectations from you. You know, they're going to obviously not, you know, be very competitive price-wise. But in a hot seller's market, what we're experiencing now and what we're clearly going to experience rolling into next year, you can get away with some overpricing. And that's which brings me sorry to step on your rant, but that brings me to our filters, right? Yep. So the question from Marianne was, what do I do about this? Okay, so I want you to put this through kind of like a question tree, because we'll escalate what could be done about it. But the first thing is. Are they motivated? And and you're right. You know, even if they're not completely motivated, we might luck out. So what are examples of sellers that are have to sell sellers? Just okay. so we can go back to the yep. meat and potatoes of this. So we don't, sure. you know, we, we have to remember tens of thousands of agents are going to listen to this from all over the planet Earth. And not all of them, and not all of them yeah. have been listening to us for that's a long true. time. So let's or drill down. in our coaching program. So that's yet. right. Yet, right. Okay. So, so a have to sell is what you, again, this is a little bit obscured because in a hot seller's market, you can be successful with one of sells as well. And what we've been telling most of you is list anything that wants to be put for sale. So don't be overly picky. So just remember I told you that. But as a rule, the listings that you're going to want to look for, they're going to be your prime listings of the sellers where by definition, they absolutely have to sell. And they'll tell you when you ask them, do you have to sell or want to sell? They'll actually say they have to sell. And the have to sell reasons will be financial reasons. Maybe they can't afford it. Maybe they can't afford two homes at once. Maybe they're being relocated. Maybe they inherited it. Maybe there's there's something, and Julie defined this perfectly in our best-selling book, Harris Rules. It's when something external to them, to them essentially something outside of their own uh, forces, is, is for putting a situation, putting them in a situation where you can explain it. But that's well, the essence of it. It's not really up to them. There's right. something else pressuring them. Whether that's because they lost their job or they're less employed than they were, say, mm-hmm. before COVID, um, relocating divorce, something is telling them you've got to sell. It's some form of yeah. mild distress. Yes, mild distress up to, you know, more escalated distress. But it, they're not just selling for fun. They're not just like seeing if it'll work out or not. Right. They've got to actually sell. Okay, so those are going to be generally more compliant, more motivated. I, I look at it from this perspective. Somebody's going to make a commission helping that person. It might as well be you. Yep. So, uh, all right. Now, what do you do about this? To your original point. The first question in this situation, Marianne and everyone else listening, how do you deal with a seller who's used their home as an ATM? There's not much equity there. And they want to be priced a little bit higher than you feel they should be. Number one, could you actually 
probably get them that price. You know, the 200 that wants to be 235, maybe you can't get 235, but maybe you can get 229 or 225 yep. because well, the market's on your side. And this is a case where your CMA will betray you because if you're using comps that are even in some markets, maybe more than 90 days old, those might be irrelevant at this point. There's a market in some markets has uh, heated up so much, even even though we're basically in fourth quarter in the middle of October, two weeks before an election. There's still plenty of examples and snow starting to fall in the, you know most of the United States. The reality of it is, is that it is still a crazy hot seller's market and it's probably going to be well into 2021. So again, you got to be super careful of not talking yourself out of a listing just because, am I stepping on one of your no, points? No, no, no. I have an example of this. Go for it. Okay. And my heart truly goes out to this private coaching client whose name I won't mention in Northern Virginia. You should okay. mention the first name at no, least. No, I'm not going to do that to her because she's already beaten herself up plenty on this. Okay. This is an agent who typically cleans the clock of her competition. But to this point, she she was a little bit too adamant on her pricing. And this was a high, this was over a million dollar listing. Her fear was taking an overpriced listing that's not going to sell. She lost out to somebody that was a little bit higher and wasn't as hard on the seller about why they probably couldn't get the price they were trying to get. Now, time will tell whether that price is achieved. Maybe it'll expire and our coaching client will end up getting it after all, but we'll see. The lesson in it is if they are motivated, and we talked about in this case, you know, they didn't seem that motivated, but they had spent most of their COVID months selling all of their stuff online. So that's motivation, isn't it? Yep. So don't overdo your CMA. And this is counter to a lot of our coaching in a normal, you know, a balanced market. But here's so related to this is. Oh, let me give an analogy yeah. to that. So there's dynamic pricing that Amazon does. Like when you guys are buying Great our example. book, when you're buying our book on Amazon, the price that Amazon's going to show me, like, for example, Julie and I don't buy our book at a, at a discount, believe it or not. So our book, we sold the rights to our book to a publisher. The publisher, if we want to buy the book, is going to tell us to go to Amazon. So if we go to Amazon, because Amazon basically tracks all of our buying and knowing, you know, essentially that we'll probably, you know, pay maybe $2 more per book than, say, someone who has never gone to Amazon, has never purchased, uh, you know, any books or whatever. So Amazon adjusts pricing on every single thing you're buying based on your personal profile, based on where you live, based on your zip code, based on your buying history, the whole thing. But what Amazon do is doing is they're adjusting the price in real time based on the actual market for said product. What agents do, and it's not wrong, is they're adjusting price based on past history of sales alone. Amazon's using dynamic pricing. Airlines use dynamic pricing. Hotels use dynamic pricing. I'm only giving this to you as an analogy because in a marketplace like this, you have to think in terms of dynamic pricing. Pay attention to what is sold, obviously, so will appraisers, but you've got to pay attention to, and this is something we tell you to almost always avoid paying attention to when you're doing a CMA, but in this market, you should pay attention to your pendings. Look to see what's actually selling. And here's another thing that's really going to make CMAs a you know, hell of a hard thing to get right going forward is the cost of new construction is going to go through the roof because the cost of building supplies has gone through the roof. So there's three appraisal methods, right? You know, those re Julie, do you remember all? You're the one with three well, broker's licenses. You have your um, cost of recreating the product. Right. Okay. You have your resale, your normal resale comps. CMA type. Um, and then you have some adjustments for condition and stuff like that. So you have to look at the big picture, I guess you would say holistically, um, and the other thing, because things have escalated so much, whether you want to call it appreciation or inflation, prices are going up. And so one of the things that you look at is if your comp's 90 days old, you can figure out based on the rest of your comps, month over month percent going up. 
So if you're using a 90-day-old comp that says that house is worth 200000 but you haven't considered the fact that your market's been going up 2% a month or something crazy, you actually could be off on that. Now, you are also being a little speculative whether it'll appraise or not, because is the appraiser using the same method you did to get to well, that price? But with that said, just put a clause in your purchase contract. The house has to appraise above or you know, at or above the purchase price yeah, and whatever, whatever. But the point is, is that you won't have lost the listing. And the exactly. markets, the market sets the value to a large degree. So if you're, you're the only uh, sale that's say thirty thousand over what the previous sales have been in the last ninety days, you're probably going to have that have a hard time getting that appraised. But if you're not, if you're one of like twenty or ten even, that appraiser is going to have to adjust the numbers up because the market's obviously shifted. So these are the things that make it hard to price houses uh, in this market. But what the point is that Julie's obviously making is don't just get stuck in the mud and lose listing opportunities because you're trying to be right. There is no right in a market like this where the target is constantly moving. And you might luck out. You can still have the conversation with the seller that if after two weeks or 10 showings, we don't have a really good offer, then we're going to have to revisit the price. And this is important that you go back to motivation too. This always, Motivation is always important, okay? But if you have a seller that's motivated, if that's the first and pretty much the main question, if your seller has to sell and you determine that they have to sell and they tell you that they have to sell and they want to overprice it, overprice it, get the listing, but tell them when you take the listing, Mr. Seller, I understand completely why you feel the house is worth more than what the comps are telling us. And in a dynamic market like this, it, it makes total sense to me that we're going to price it above what the market is telling us it's worth. But we have to agree that after two weeks or 10 showings that we'll reposition the house on the market to correctly reflect the market's expectations, right? I'm not using the nails on the chalkboard term, lowering price. Don't say things like that. Sellers hate it. Not you, slash, not clut, not lower. Exactly. All these heart attack inducing right? terms. And, and so you're taking the listing, you're you're taking it, being optimistic, cautiously optimistic. You're letting the seller have the higher price. Everybody's happy. And guess what? The thing might sell. And we're seeing this happen with all of our top coaching clients and all the you know normal markets across the country and the most expensive of markets across the country. One of the top agents in the country that we have is on the East Coast and his average sale price is probably, I don't know, four or five million dollars. And his, the, the average, how do I explain this? For a long time, over 10 years, most of the sellers in his market were losing sometimes 20 to 30% on their houses to what they paid. So these sellers were losing millions of dollars on their homes. And now guess what? In just this year, in many cases, now these same sellers that would have lost money on the houses 12 months ago are now making money with multiple offers. So this is the kind of craziness that you're going to have to adjust to. And you know, don't get it over your head with trying to be overly analytical and digging your heels in about price. Yes, yeah, so that's that's point number one. You might luck out. Now, am I suggesting that you price that $200,000 house at $300,000? No. So within limits, you might be right. And you're going to give it two weeks or 10 showings and see what happens. So let's say that we didn't achieve that higher price. The market has rejected that price. Point number two, if and when you now price it, quote, right, or lower than where you released it at, does the seller break even? Okay. Can you price it so they at least get out clean or are they upside down? And if they are upside down, by how much? Upside down, meaning that in order for them to uh, sell the house to pay off the debt, they're going to have to write a check. Um, you know, by the way, there are ways that you can negotiate we'll with a bank. Okay. Sorry. Wow. Julie is prepared points. today. It's all right. So, so the point <laughs> on number two, and a lot of agents avoid this because they don't like talking about money, right? So do a seller's net sheet. You should be constantly doing net sheets, you know, as part of your CMA, low, medium, and high. Then when you adjust the price to what you think is now the right price, 
are they breaking even or are they potentially going to write a check? Now, the concept of a seller writing a check to get rid of a house is shocking to some agents. Like they cannot possibly fathom that this can happen. But you've got to know if so, by how much. And many motivated sellers, right? So they can't see making their next house payment next month or something like that, or they've been relocated and already bought another house. They'll write a check for five grand, 10 grand. We had a seller once write a check for $42,000. In other words, those sellers sometimes write checks for more than the buyers who are buying it, but they will do it. You don't know if you don't know the numbers and you don't ask. Now, some of these sellers are going to have to be reminded that Mr. Seller, you, this was a great product house for you to buy. It was a great investment. You've just already spent the money. You pulled That's out, right. You've you, got the money. You've pulled the money out. So you've just, in, in, but what, where you have a competitive advantage when you're listening to what we're saying to you is that most agents will have no clue what to do when the seller is in a situation of being on par with their house or more, you know, normally they're going to be upside down by a little bit. Most brokers, office managers, agents have never experienced that because you guys have only been selling real estate in a hot seller's market. So you will have a competitive advantage when you know how to do it. And obviously in the podcast, because we only have a half hour with you guys every day, we're just touching on the surfaces of the techniques of how to get things, these things done. So to avoid stepping on any more of Julie's points, Julie? Well, so that was point number three is, will the seller write a check at closing? Have you had that conversation? If so, for how much? Sellers will cash out a 401k. If it's just a tiny amount of money, they'll just write a check for it. You have to know what that actually means. If you don't know how to do net sheets, get help from your broker or title agent. And remember, guys, you can still join our free coaching call, our free coaching program. The free, co- I was just reminded that Julie's actual premier coaching ticket. session starts in seven <laughs> minutes. So if you are in premier coaching, make sure you're attending the premier coaching session live every day. And you do are you are entitled to the premier coaching session, even if you're in the free coaching program. But obviously, in the free coaching program, you only get maybe five percent of all the content that you get as part as far as a full-fledged coaching member. Full-fledged coaching members get obviously far more coaching. They get a lot of you know, the pre-listing pack, the listing presentations, all the types of things that they'd ever possibly need to build their real estate practices. But in the free coaching session, you do, or in the free coaching program, you do obviously get access to the daily semi-private coaching call and a lot of great content that we created just for you because of this market, including the real estate treasure map, the 90-day survival plan, um, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate Agents, all these great products that you get for free just by simply texting the word survival to 31996. So go Go ahead and text the word survival to 31996. Okay, perfect. So the, the only now on point number four, are we going to even start talking about maybe short sale, maybe short payoff, maybe spin the deficit amount into an unsecured line of credit, okay? Agents will immediately freak out. Oh my God, they're upside down. We've got to do a short sale. I don't want to do a short sale. I don't know how to do a short sale. Right. What am I going to do? That's like the immediate freak out. It's only on this point number four after we've exhausted, could you maybe luck out and get the price? Okay, no, we didn't do that. We priced it right. Now we're breaking even. Second price reduction. Now they're upside down. Now are we a short seller, aren't we? Okay, so I want you to talk about because I got to get to premium sure. in a second. So avoid if you if obviously most of you know the the short sale situation is to be avoided for the most part because there is there are negative ramifications of doing a short sale to the seller. Uh, mainly, it's going to hurt their credit, and if they are just to go down the host of reasons why you don't want to have hurt credit, the obvious ones are you obviously will have to pay more interest on loans and such 
Uh, but also, if you have security rating, if you're in Washington, D.C., Virginia, chances are you work for the government. If you're in the military, a lot of different things are predicated on your um, on your credit yeah, score. Not to mention you might have to rent before you can buy again. That's right. So that's the reason we always suggest the first line of defense for an underwater seller is to call up the bank, and we teach you how to do this in the coaching program, and you can actually help this. Well, the seller will do this, right? But the seller can call their lender, and the lender will often, depending on what, frankly, their credit score is, will uh, convert they're underwater, the amount of money that they would have otherwise had to have come up with in cash, they'll convert that to an unsecured line of credit, like a credit card. And they'll do that usually after one phone call. There are systems in place in the banks that obviously don't talk about it, but where you can get that done. If a seller has to sell a house and they can prove that they have to sell the house to the bank, you know, job reload or whatnot, and they're upside down by say 20 or 25 grand, it's relatively simple to have the bank then convert that what would have been negative equity that maybe the seller didn't even have that cash to pay off that loan, but to convert to an unsecured line of credit. Now, again, and this gives you an unfair advantage when you're dealing with sellers that have this situation because most every other agent didn't know how to solve this problem. And I want you to expand your thinking on this. How many of you are who are smart and you're chasing expired listings are running across a lot of these listings that are expiring because of the fact that they're underwater in their house by a smidge like what I'm describing, and they don't know what I just told you, and you could show them how to act convert that uh, that negative equity into an unsecured line of credit and by doing so you get the listing and you again because of your skill set and your knowledge um, you will have an unfair advantage in your marketplace this is the type of opportunity that a changing market uh, creates for you do you have time for another point Julie uh, this this we need to wrap it up but I wanted to just make a minor uh, a point with that is that the other mistake I see agents make when they do a net sheet like they're take, getting ready to take a listing and they want to try this out they call the servicing department and say, hey, I've got this situation. Would you consider doing an unsecured line of credit? The servicing department's going to say, no, make the payment because you don't have an offer in hand. Right. You need to have it listed and ideally have an offer because only then can the lender make an actual decision based on actual numbers. This is a mistake agents make. Well, I called the bank and they said, no, just make your payment. Well, you called them with nothing. What do you think they're going to say? You know, Julie, as you were talking, here's what this where my mind immediately went. Most agents want to talk about lead generation. Most agents think that's their biggest problem. But the reality of it is that isn't their biggest problem. Their biggest problem is lack of skill set. And if they knew, for example, how to do what we just described, most listings in their marketplace, even in the hottest of all sellers markets. I got it, Jules. This is why we have coaching. Oh, okay, bye. Well, go to Premier Coaching. Thank you for your time today. Later, Alligator. alligator. So uh, most of agents, when faced with that situation as we just described, would not know what to do. But if you do know how to solve that problem, how often are you going to run across that problem in your marketplace? In a time where basically houses were increasing in value, there are a lot of sellers, more than you possibly can imagine, that have been borrowing against the equity in their houses and do in essence have uh, you know, no equity. And those are listings that are going to be coming up for all the normal reasons. Uh, and those sellers are going to seek agents that have the skill set to solve the problem. The answer isn't always a short sale. Most agents don't even know what a short sale is, let alone how to do one. And the extra bit of knowledge that you get, frankly, when you join our coaching program, we just gave you an overview of how uh, one way you can solve a seller's problem. How many additional listings will that get you per year? You know, here's a funny thought. 
when an agent comes across to seller, and the seller's not just a simple, you know, easy one, two, three listing, equity, you know, seller's got motivation or sorts, you know, those normal check boxes, but they run across a seller that has a situation like what we're describing. How many of those agents just don't even take the listing? How many of those agents, when, they fa- when they're faced with that problem, go to their broker, office manager, coach, mentor, and that broker, office manager, coach, mentor doesn't know how to solve the problem either or tells them short sale, which then the seller's then faced with the decision as to whether or not they want to adversely affect their credit and, you know, all these things. You guys see how it's just an onion that just goes back layers and layers where the reality of it is, is if you knew how to coach the seller on how to call up their bank and how the bank can convert the negative equity and unsecured line of credit, it's essentially a credit card unsecured, right? There's no collateral against the loan. Most banks will do it provided the person actually has motivation and they um, have had you know, a good payment history. They check all those boxes. The sellers are going to find that the bank will gladly issue them an unsecured line of credit and then they can sell the house. Yes, they won't have any equity from the sale of the house, but they had already spent it all in the scenario we're talking about. Now, remember, this is always this also is going to be relevant when you run across sellers that maybe didn't spend all their money, but they only put 5% down. And let's just say because of normal selling fees, they're going to be underwater in the house just to cover all the costs of selling the house. Same scenario, same solution. So you guys, open your mind to the power that skills provide you. Don't be so seduced by branding and all these other lead generation gimmicks because the real power, the agents that make the most money are the ones that know how to solve the most diverse problems that the other agents run from. This is where you can pick up lots of transactions per year and obviously then you can, you know, those people become your centers of influence and past clients. And because you actually were the knight that rode in on the white horse and solved the problem that other people couldn't, they will be some of your most loyal customers. So keep all this in mind. This is what we say, this is what we mean when Julie and I are trying to impress upon you the importance of really perfecting your skills. The last real estate market, um, essentially which we're trailing out of now, was all about essentially who you knew. You know, that's really what it was. This new market, it's about what you know. Who you know is still important, but who you know is going to require that, you know, you have a skill set that they can use. And if you don't, then you're not going to get the business. That's the change, that's the, the actual shift that's happening right now. And just know the things we normally talk about on this podcast. Listen, guys, we are always are focused on whatever we can, you know, do to help your business go to the next level. Do the smart thing and join the free coaching program. One of the things in the free coaching program um, is the real estate treasure map. That is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. It is not a wimpy one-pager. I, th- I don't remember how many pages it is. It's basically a mini book that takes you through all the steps of doing a personal and business, financial and business plan. Of course, goal settings in there and all that stuff too. So do consider texting the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link and you click the link. You have to click the link, then you sign up for the coaching program. Um, you could also go to premier-experience.net, premier-experience.net, and check out the coaching program. It's free, guys. There's no risk to you. You'll And when you do that, you're going to be getting a call from our, uh, our office, and you're going to also receive or have, frankly, if you want to have it, you're going to have a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches and tell you about the Premier Coaching Program as well. But the, the free program is something all of you should be doing, and I mean all of you listening in all 54 uh, countries. Uh, so if you if the texting service doesn't work in your country, just go to premier-experience.net. Go to premier-experience.net. In the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, feel free to text me at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. Thank you and have a fantastic day. 
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.